What's up, disc golfers? Joe here for Joe's Disc Golf, and I've got a jam-packed show for you today. I'm going to be talking about my top 20 through 11 predictions for the MPO and the FPO and DGPT standings coming out here. I'm also going to be talking about what uh, the PDGA is looking for in terms of some volunteers for a medical subcommittee, actually two medical subcommittees. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Eagles putters, and we're also going to talk about my little bit of in the bag. We got plenty to talk about here, but first we have to talk about our sponsor. Yes, Log, longtime sponsor of Joe's Disc Golf Podcast. What rolls downstairs? A loner in pairs rolls over your neighbor's dog. What's great for a snack and it fits on your back? It's log, log, log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's log from Blamo. But uh, yeah, you know, one of these days, maybe we'll get a real sponsor. Probably not. It's more fun to make up these sponsors and do that. Like Joe's Tree Repellent Spray. Spray it on your disc and something will happen. Guaranteed. I can't tell you what, but I can guarantee that something will happen. Now, I guess we'll start out with the uh, uh, the straightforward thing, the, the, the stuff here that will not get me in trouble, and that is the Eagles putter mid-range and driver. <laughs> these, these are a handful of discs that I saw get um, approved recently uh, on the DG, on the PDGA website here. And this is by Sunny Sporting Company Limited. I found two different companies. Uh, one of them is mostly into yoga and doing things like that. So probably not by them. And another one is all about an outdoors sporting store, essentially, mostly focused on hiking and backpacking. Um, I just thought it was hilarious uh, when I first saw this. I was like, oh, Eagle McMahon is getting his own line of stuff, but it's not from Discmania, and it's only a putter, a mid-range, and a driver. No clue on anything. It was just one of those things that that popped across my news feed here, and I was like, okay, well, I got I gotta talk about this one because it's Eagles, E A G L E S, no apostrophe. So it's Eagles putter, an Eagles mid-range, an Eagles driver, which if they can afford it, which they probably can't. And considering they'll only have three discs, this company really should be (laughs) sponsoring Eagle McMahon because why the heck not? Oh, it is. It is craziness here. Actually. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely craziness. I am recording this as I speak. It is 615 in the morning. I've got my cup of Job. Yes, I said cup of Job. You know that reference? You're probably not that cool like me. But don't worry. It is delicious. It is getting me going. Screaming angry babies. If you saw my tweet, that's that's why this podcast is coming out late, unfortunately. But um yeah, it, it is what it is. And uh uh parenthood. It's, it's run on coffee. All you parents out there listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I love my child, love her to death. I just miss sleep some days. But um, yeah, enough of that. Uh, Got out, was able to throw a little bit on the football field today, you know, because of, again, having a child and work. I'm not able to get out and play as much. And this is my birthday week. And I thought it'd be fun to get out there and throw. So I took my new Ricky Felon out. It looks almost identical to this one, except it's got a black ring around it and it does not have a Ricky Waisaki signature on it, and that thing flies so good. Oh my gosh. I was throwing that thing on my forehand, and you can check out the short on the Joe's Disc Golf YouTube channel, and I was throwing that thing a mile. It was so good. Um, damn near threw a field goal from the opposite field goal on my forehand. Uh, there was a slight right-to-left win, so I did get a little benefit from that. But that's still, I was throwing it well over 300 feet easy. I mean, back of the end zone to back of the end zone is 360 feet. It was 
Oh, that disc is so good. That disc is so, so good. For all of my um, European friends, I want to see if I can convert that for you here. Uh, we have 360 feet. That is about 109.7 meters. So, you know, there's that. It was it was just fun. That disc is oh, I can't wait. Uh, like I, I, I made a um, an Instagram post about it. I can't wait to get out and throw that. And you you should watch. It's a short. It's 38, 39 seconds long. You should watch the whole thing because there's a nice little surprise at the end. Just throwing bombs with the new Saki bomb. Ellen, it was so it was so much fun. So, so much fun. I like that disc is so good. I, I mean, I love the felon to begin with. And um, just having that, oh, that that orbit plastic. It's, I mean, it's fusion with a little bit black around the edges, or red, or whatever dye around the edges. I'll say it that way. It's got some dye around the edges, and it is so nice. Oh, I just, oh, I can't wait to see what kind of discs Ricky comes out with, because once he comes out with his line of discs, I think it's going to be pretty cool. It sounds like the first one. At least from what I've heard, the first one that he's going to be working on is going to be um, an approach disc. So, I mean, he throws the harp better than anyone out there. He threw the pig really well. And I have this weird feeling that it's going to be some kind of amalgamation between the harp and the pig, which I would pretty much just call a slammer with a little bit of glide because it has that thumb track. It's overstable. Uh, the only difference really between the harp. And the slammer is the lack of glide. That thing, it's kind of like the Berg. When it's done, it's done. The harp, it'll float out there. Yeah, it's overstable. But if you get that up, it'll nice hyzer flip. It'll go. It was in. It's not my go-to in all situations. That is lovingly reserved for my justice. And I'm getting a new justice in. Because, you know. I'm like the only idiot out there who throws a justice for everything. Um, they have lucid air moonshine justices coming in. Um, I had some dynamic disc bucks and look for a review once that finally comes in. Uh, I managed to pick up a 156 gram and a 167 gram. I'm, I'm confident on the 167. That 157, we'll see. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's right around there. It's it's pretty light, but I have a feeling because the moonshine makes it stable. The justice is already pretty stable. I have a feeling that 167 is going to fly just like my beaten justice that is still swimming at the Concordia Theological Seminary on hole 15, 10 feet short of the basket, but it has a pretty steep drop off. It's still sad to see that disc floating at the bottom. It really doesn't float at the bottom. It sunk to the bottom, and I couldn't get it. Rest in peace, Justice. You did me well. You did me well. But, um, yeah. That's, that's probably what's going on there. Uh, that one, I just, I just can't wait. It's going to be super exciting. I got my... Um, got some interesting news coming out of the PDGA here. They're seeking volunteers for medical subcommittees. One of them is gender-based divisions. The other is prohibited substances. So I'm going to read just a little bit here from directly from the PDGA announcement. Uh, if you're interested in joining either of these subcommittees, uh, you should obviously be a member of the PDGA. And um, yeah, so for the prohibited substances subcommittee, uh, this will provide recommendations based on specific Analysis and application of the World Anti-Doping Agency, WADA, list of prohibited substances and methods. Qualified candidates should include medical professionals such as doctors, clinicians, scientists, practitioners specializing in endocrinology, pharmacology, pharmacy, physiology, uh, psychiatry, sports medicine, and similar fields. Uh, this is to help now that we are part of WIFDIF again and trying to get into the Olympics and just to be part of the uh, Olympics for non-Olympic sports. Uh, we, we have to create these policies here. And that goes into the other gender-based subcommittee. Sorry, it's the 
Subcommittee on Gender-Based Divisions. Ugh, words are hard sometimes. Uh, the subcommittee will provide recommendations based on specific analysis and on the application of recently released International Olympic Committee Framework on Fairness, Inclusion, and Non-Discrimination on the Basis of Gender Identity and Sex Variations. Again, the qualified candidates should include medical professionals such as doctors, clinicians, scientists, and practitioners specializing in endocrinology, kinesiology, sports medicine, and similar fields. The creation of the subcommittee is the first step in response to the IOC framework. If any changes are recommended, additional steps may be taken in accordance with the IOC framework. The current PDGA policy on eligibility for gender-based divisions will remain as is. And that has more to do with, let me pull up that here. Um, it is based on uh, hormone levels. Um, if you are transgendered female to male, uh, the player uh, who are assigned female under the criteria detailed above who are taking hormone treatments to increase testosterone levels are no longer eligible to compete in gender-restricted divisions. These players must inform the PDGA when hormone treatments commence by submitting a, an application. It's super simple. On the, to the PDGA medical, after review, the committee, the gender designation of the applicant will be changed to mail in the PDGA database. It's pretty straightforward here. Um, this is based on the uh, old Olympic Committee uh, basis, which again is uh, uh, based on hormone levels. So uh, it's pretty straightforward there. Uh, the, I, I mean, I, well, I'll, I'll talk about the uh, the things that they ask to happen, I guess, for the male to female. These are players who are assigned male gender at birth and taking hormone replacement therapy and or testosterone suppression medication related to gender transition are eligible to compete in a gender restricted division at a PDGA event. Um, only if one of the following sets of criteria are met. First is the hormone therapy. Uh, you have to be on testosterone blocking hormones for at least 12 months. Um, you have to have testosterone levels of 10 nanomoles per liter or less for the last 12 months at minimum. Uh, the player's total testosterone levels should continue to remain below that 10 nanomoles per liter in the future. Um, if the player ceases treatment. They're no longer eligible to play in the gender-restricted divisions. Uh, you have to submit the uh, submission of the player or their physician of a completed PDGA gender reclassification form, and the player is required to inform the PDGA if treatment is suspended. For those who go through gender reassignment surgery, the successful completion of male-to-female reassignment surgery declaration from a physician and the testosterone level, same as, same as just the transgender hormone therapy, uh, 10 nanomoles per liter for the last 12 months. And you have to submit the uh, gender reclassification form. It's, again, pretty straightforward. Basically, the form is your cur current name, current PDGA number, some contact information. Um, you pick if you're, doing the, if you're changing from female to male or male to female. Fill out the appropriate section. Uh, you can optionally change your name if you want um that's totally up to you and the reasonable modifications request it just goes through and says like hey you know you just go down and say hey this is what's going on you fill those out scan them in send them to the medical committee and boom you're done uh my only my only questions here and this hasn't come up it's just the uh, enforcement of this. It doesn't sound like um, the PDGA will randomly test to make sure that your hormone levels are within un under that 10 nanoliters per mole. And the good thing right now, which is it's a weird thing, 
there's not a lot of money in disc golf. And I'm not saying this is going to happen anytime soon. And with the changes that will probably come through for the 2023 season, um, if, if there was more money in it, you'd find uh, people who would be willing to sacrifice their morals and um, say that they're going through this behind. I, I hate even saying crap like that because it's not, it's terrible. If you don't feel right, like I have a friend who transitioned. I'm not going to go into any more details and still a good friend. And from what I understand, man, I'm just trying to figure out the right way to say this. Like, we all have, now this is, this is going to be kind of an extreme example, I guess. We all have sandbaggers in our areas. Those people who intentionally don't get a PDGA number just so they can win rec or intermediate when they definitely should be by rating not allowed to play that, but because they don't have PDGA number and in a C tier, doesn't matter. If there was enough money in disc golf, if Paul Macbeth's contract was the base, I could definitely see people claiming this. And right now, as it stands, there's no... Yes, you have to say that you your hormone levels are staying under, but what is to stop someone from doing that? And, you know, letting their testosterone levels come up, and then they have an unfair advantage in the FPO field. Or, conversely, taking more testosterone and, you know, hulking out like Arnold Schwarzenegger and just ripping the crap out of the disc in the males division. I think one of the things that's going to help with both of those situations is the uh, prohibited substances. I think the PDGA definitely needs to get to at least the way that things are now. Um, it sounds like things will probably change. And I doubt that they will be using the testosterone levels because there have been issues in the Olympics where certain female athletes naturally have higher levels of testosterone and they were being disqualified because of those standards, even though they weren't doing anything wrong to my knowledge. Now, who knows? I mean, you can, there are a few fantastic documentaries about doping and how there's a lot of issues with uh, doping in, still are a lot of issues with doping in the Tour de France, as well as uh, performance-enhancing drugs and substances in the Olympics, especially during when they were in Russia. I know there's a big problem there. I believe there's a problem when they're in China as well. So it's not a unique thing to disc golf, and there are people who are jackasses for lack of a better terms um if you you know if that's what if that's what you feel is going to help you out is changing from male to female female to male whichever whichever way you're going i you know i mean that's that's great like you you be you you do you that's great it's just i've been around sports long enough to know that anyone will do a lot of people will do I shouldn't say a lot of people there are a number of people who will do anything for money who will do a lot of shady things for money and I don't want that in disc golf so I just want whatever rule changes are going to come up with I'd like them to be enforceable and have some way to enforce them uh I believe I don't think right now Yet, there are really any athletes, male or female, who are doing any prohibited substances um, in terms of performance enhancing. Um, I mean, we all know disc golf, a bunch of potheads out there. I would not call that performance enhancing. I mean, maybe it can. Maybe it can relax you, get you going. Um, but with this prohibited substances and everything, I hope that they start having random drug tests because that's. I think that's what needs to happen to make sure that the sport stays pure and that you don't have a whole bunch of issues with people 
taking who knows what. I, I don't even know, you know, being the strongest person out there doesn't necessarily mean that you will be the best disc golfer out there, but it certainly doesn't hurt to be able to throw it further than everybody else. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. And same with this, the um, uh, eligibility of gender restricted divisions. It's, um, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird situation. I know there are some issues going on with the uh, situation in Alabama that Paige Pierce posted about. Apparently there are some issues with how that was handled as well. It sounds like um, the group of women who play together and play with the transgendered athlete, Chloe, play with her all the time, apparently, in weeklies, in small tournaments. And they were trying to get their voices heard by the PDGA. They would they're writing letters, they're emailing them, trying to contact them. Most of their stuff was ignored. And uh, unfortunately, so they all decided to sign up for MA3, which, uh, according to um, the guys on Griplocked, uh, no, I guess it was debate night, that was over a week before Chloe signed up. So it had nothing to do with her signing up. It was just a whole weird situation. You can find out more there. Um, unfortunately, you know, the whole story wasn't conveyed to Paige Pierce, and she went off on. Um, Instagram wrote a big post. Um, and unfortunately some of these women are, you know, receiving horrible, horrible things through social media and all that stuff. And it, from how I understand it, it doesn't sound like they're trying to be malicious with this. They signed up before she did. They play with her during weeklies and all that and have no issues with that. I think they're just trying to call attention to the way that the current standards uh policy for eligibility for gender-based divisions are are set up so and there's no real there's no real way to test now like i said there has not been an issue yet and i totally believe that the reason we haven't had an issue yet is because there's no money in it and i have no doubt that unscrupulous terrible horrible bad actors people with no morals would the way it's written now there's no you know you could just say yeah my levels are this and you do have to provide at some point in the past 12 months three tests that show that you were under that 10 animals per liter but it doesn't look like there's anything saying that like you have to i mean it says you have to report if you stop taking the hormone therapy however just the pdga gonna check it doesn't sound like it. And I think going forward, these new standards will hopefully address some of those concerns and just make it a fair playing field for everybody. And that's really what it comes down to is making sure that it's a fair playing field and you don't have some lack of a better way to put it, some jackass claiming to be an FPO and they're not actually you know, they're just doing it for the money, essentially. Um, like I said before, I don't believe any of that has happened yet. So don't, I'm not being, I'm just trying to point things out here. Um, like I said, with my experience with sports, there are people who will do anything to win, especially if there's money involved. So it hasn't happened yet, like I've said numerous times. And I don't believe that any of the transgendered athletes, no matter if you're going male to female, female to male, are having any of those. Are, I, I believe they truly are transitioning to whichever way they're going. And so I don't believe it's, I mean, there is no money really in disc golf. So it's not that they're doing it for the money. They're doing it because that's who they are. And awesome. Good job. I mean... You be you. I'd hate that if you were feeling that way. So I'm very, I guess you could say I'm very libertarian on that, where I just like, you do you. You make what, you, you do what makes you happy. As long as it doesn't hurt anyone else, and this isn't hurting anyone else. So I don't know, that's, that feels like a tough topic to talk about. 
um, as I'm trying to do it very cautiously and trying to choose my words carefully. I am, while I do host a podcast and while I do talk a lot here, I don't always choose the right words. And uh, that has nothing to do specifically with this topic. Uh, it has everything to do with me just being, me talk bad, words no good. So hopefully that is clear. Um, let me know if I need to clear up anything. Uh, I, like I said, I, I want everyone to feel included in disc golf. And um, I didn't talk about the, the situation in Alabama with Paige Pierce and Chloe and the FPO players because it just felt like something was a little off with that whole situation. And now that we've, I've waited a week, over a week since that's happened, and it seems that more information has come out and not, we didn't have all the facts. And I don't know if all the facts were conveyed to Paige Pierce. So um, hopefully, hopefully things are getting a little better with that whole situation. I don't know. It's uh, difficult to keep, uh, keep some of that information, get all the correct information without having, you know, crazy political spin and just insanity. I try to report, try to talk about current facts and not, not hearsay as much, you know. I will do some speculation. I do let you guys know when I'm speculating. So that's, you know, that, that's that. Let's, uh, let's switch gears here. And we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of my in the bag. It is 2020. And so we are, uh, you know, we've got some new, new stuff in the bag here that I want to talk about. I'm only doing my half in the bag, which if you're not subscribed to Half in the Bag podcast, that is another podcast on the Joe's Disc Golf Network. Yes, this is a network. Now we have two podcasts, Joe's Disc Golf podcast that you're listening to right now. And if you hop on over and look at your favorite podcast site, Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever, or anchor.com, you can go to half in the bag disc golf or half in the bag DG.com, where myself, Ben, and RJ talk about all sorts of random topics and we just have fun. It's, it's a good time. So. I'm going to go with a little bit of my half in the bag here. Just talk a little bit about what I'm going to be throwing this year. For those of you on audio, I will do my best. So I finally, kind of halfway through last year, was able to get my hands on some lucid judges. And those have been my throwing judges. Those, those are my throwing putters. They're so good. I love them so much. I will still, I'm moving back. I will still be putting with, well, classic soft judges i left a few of them at work where i have my practice basket and i putt during lunch um so i have classic soft judges those will be there i also have a few other putters and kind of approach discs that i throw throughout the year i have my lucid moonshine guard that is basically if you are coming from an ultimate frisbee background this is basically a smaller version of an ultimate disc it's got a slightly deeper rim it is pretty much neutral so whatever angle you put it on it's going to hold and it's going to stay there and go there i also have the uh special edition it's not really special it is the blowfly that i have and that thing i love that disc because you can just hold it up just like i'm doing here and you can't see on audio but i folded this up and you can toss it essentially like a baseball, and as soon as it hits the ground, it pops open and basically stops where it is. Um, I saw Matt Bell doing that, and it's actually come in handy a few times. A few of the courses where I legitimately am like in a bush and cannot get an arm out, but I have a small, small gap that I can't get a disc through. I will take that disc, fold it up, pitch it out, and hey, it's good. I've actually was able to get... I was probably 70 feet out from this one and I was just in a bush. It was the worst spot ever. Could not, could not do anything with it. Tossed it out under the basket, safe par. I have a, I talked about this earlier. I have a lucid slammer, even though this is out of production. I'm not worried about losing it just because I don't throw it that far. It's a great overstable disc with pretty much no glide. 
And my other overstable approach disc is the harp. And I've been throwing that long before Ricky made it cool. Well, I guess I was throwing it after Ricky made it cool. But back when it went out of fashion, because then he went back to the pig or he went to the pig when he went to Innova and I didn't pick up a harp until about two years ago. So, eh, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's a great disc there. And just rounding out my mid ranges, that's about all I'm going to go through. Uh, I will save my fairway drivers and distance drivers for the next episode. I have my understable bounty. Now, you might notice that this is pretty much a lot of DD, Trilogy, a handful of discs that aren't. Uh, I was with Team Trilogy up until this year, and so I'm slowly branching out. Um, I have other discs in my bag that are not. I mean, the Blowfly is a good example. That is my one so far that isn't. But I've got the Bounty. It's my understable mid-range. Oh, that's so easy to hyzer flip. This is the disc. That one and the Vandal, which I'll talk about later, are the discs that got me to learn how to hyzer flip and get those straight shots in the woods. Uh, if you don't know how to do a hyzer flip, I'm not the guy to teach you that. Um, I'm not the best at that. I, I would say what I do is serviceable. But that's about it. Um, but there's plenty of stuff out there. You can find like uh, Robbie C. I think uh, Danny with Physics of Flight has some stuff there. I think Eric Oakley has some stuff out there. There are plenty of guys out there. Look at some stuff that Chris Dickerson has done. I don't think he has any how-to videos, but he's one of the best in the game at doing a hyzer flip. Or, you know, Paul Macbeth as well. Uh, look at those guys. Um, try to see what they're doing there. I also have as my pretty much straight throwers mid-ranges i have my emac truths i have a 167 gram and a 176 gram 77 gram emac truth uh two different stabilities there and they fly amazing they fly so straight and they fly forever the glide on that thing on each of those is absolutely amazing and then i have the uh lucid justice uh these are my new ones here with the new lucid plastic uh, I think I'll slowly be converting my stuff over into this new Lucid Plastic. It just, it feels a little bit different, and it feels amazing. So, oh, I just can't wait. Um, I can't wait to get more discs in that Lucid Plastic. But, uh, oh, such good stuff there. Um, like I said, next week, I'll be talking about the other half. Now, to get into the most controversial topic, you thought talking about the gender-based divisions and all that in disc golf would be pretty bad or pretty not bad controversial no 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 here's the most here's the thing where i know i'm going to have the most issue here and this is going to be my top 20 mpo and top 20 fpo players here i'm going to go through 20 through 11 for mpo and fpo and why 20 through 11? Well, because on Half in the Bag Disc Golf, we are going through our top 10. And I thought, hey, why don't I just go through here and go with the top, my, the next 10 right there where I think I'm going. Now, I do want to explain my reasoning here. I looked at current world rankings. I looked at the PDGA points finishing and the DGPT points finishing, those three from 2021 now this is going to be dgtp points only so if you know half these guys a lot of these guys play a tiers play tournaments that aren't dgpt events and you get pdga points i don't care this is how you are going to finish how i think these pros are going to finish at the end of 2022 and disc golf pro tour points standings and I tried to take into account a whole bunch of different things, such as uh, time off as my number 19. I will get into that. Uh, things like certain players not touring as much or certain players touring more. Um, certain players that are on my list in spots that you don't think it would be practical for me to put. However, again, I'm taking into account like travel, international travel. Um, if like someone like Nate Sexton, who is a great player, did not do much touring last year, and so he was 
in the 30s or 40s, he was down low in DGTP point standing. That does not mean he's a bad player. If you look at the world rankings, he is well up there. Top 10, top 20 for sure. Um, but this, this has nothing to do with world rankings and that kind of stuff. While I use that as kind of a guide, uh, it is also, it, it just has more to do with point standing. So if you don't play DGPT events, you don't get points. And that's just how that goes. Where world rankings, I, you know, it's not as bad if you don't play tournaments, where if you don't play DGPT events, whether they're silver series or regular tour stops, you don't get points. That's just how that goes. So starting off my list on the MPO side, I have Nico LeCastro. Uh, I think this offseason is going to play a huge factor into his mental state going into the 2022 season. With the way things ended at Westside, we still don't know anything. I don't know anything. I haven't heard anything. Nobody's really said anything. I don't think it was mutual. I think it was um, Westside asking Nico to leave. Uh, that's just the general vibe I get from that situation. And that is based off of how things have happened, how he's had issues with manufacturers in the past. And as of the time of recording, as of the time of writing, January 21st, 2022, at 6.53 in the morning, he has not announced a new manufacturer yet. So I think that is going to be another issue. Um, who knows if he even has a sponsor yet? Um, seems like things were thrown together late. He is a controversial figure in the disc golf scene, so it might be hard to get a, a manufacturer. He is signed up for a whole bunch of tournaments. Um, could this be used as a motivating factor? Absolutely. Uh, but the way he is mentally, I don't think it's going to turn out that way. I, he is still a good player. He's a really good MPO player, and that's why I have him. At number 20. Mm, that's good coffee. Coming in at number. <coughs> excuse me. Coming in at number 19, Simon Lazat. Now, again, it's not that I don't think Simon is a very good player. World rankings, he's top 10. DGTP point standings, he was terrible. He didn't play a lot. He had. He was getting over that injury this year. He's going to miss about a quarter at the beginning of the season because he's having his first child. And um, as I've stated before, kids are awesome. I love my daughter. I can't wait to have more children. However, the stresses of being a new parent are great. The mental and physical toll it can take on you are can can really affect you. Um, he may or may not be able to get out to practice as much as he'd like. Uh, just because he wants to be around his child. I think with this lingering elbow injury um, and being a new parent, I think he's going to struggle to find a rhythm this season, especially with getting a late start. So that's why I have him there. Mason Ford is, a, is by number 18. He is a solid player. Uh, he's got a new sponsor this year. I think this is one thing that is going to uh, help him is getting a new sponsor. He's got a little more financial security. One thing that is not going to help is he's not starting till the open at Belton, which is fairly late in the season in terms of starting. So he's going to be missing out on some points opportunities. However, from what I recall, he is not a huge arm. So missing some of those early tournaments on the golf courses isn't the worst thing ever. Um, Number 17, I have Paul Uliberry. Uh Uli is, I think he's going to have a good season this year. Um, he seems like he was close last year. A um, few different tree kicks here and there, and he's moved up a couple spots. And so I have him here at 17, which is uh, four or five spots higher than where he finished in 22 or in 21. But I think he is going to, I think he's just going to do better this year. Um, I don't have. Um, I don't have Big Germ on my list. Spoiler alert. Uh, mostly because he's had his bag stolen, what, twice this year? Um, and he's... <laughs> like, I fully expect that to happen at least one more time. And he's going to be hurting for discs, and that's just going to mess with him. 
Um, great player, great guy. Just um, some bad luck there. Uh, number 16, I have as Matt Bell. Um, as with Ford, he's also got a new sponsor this year. He's no longer with DGA. Uh, I think once he learns his new discs, he'll end up slightly better than he did in 2021. And that's why I put him at 16. Although I will miss him throwing the blowfly all balled up because that was always a lot of fun to watch. Uh, that was pretty cool. Number 15, I have Matt Orum. Uh, I feel like I'm repeating myself here, but Matty O has a new sponsor. We've had three people, four people so far that have new sponsors. Well, Nico doesn't have a new sponsor, but he left his sponsor. Willingly or not, he is not with the sponsor. So Matty O has a new sponsor. And some of the stuff that I've seen him put out with Westside Discs, uh, he is, he's coming along pretty good. I have him at 15th. Um, I think he is going to tour a bit more than he did in 2021, so that's going to help him uh, last year, but that's where I have him right now, um, is at 15. Gannon Burr is someone I have moving up to 14. Um, that's about seven spots up from where he was. He looks really solid, um, and we're going to see him at more events. Now, I, I, could he end up higher than this? Yeah, he could. But this is a preseason poll. This is how I think the season's going to go. Joel Freeman, I bumped him down one spot. Um, I think he's going to have a similar season points-wise to 2021. And I, I don't think anything, I don't think anything is going to really change all that much with him. I just, with the influx of players, I think that's what's going to happen here. Uh, I bumped up Drew Gibson one spot uh, with everything going on this year with his new company, with his new sponsorship, sort of. Um, with the new discs coming out, uh, I bumped him up one spot. I think he's going to do a little bit better. Um, him and Joel Freeman were 30 points apart, roughly, uh, last year. And so I think that, you know, he's going to do a little bit better. And I pretty much have them finishing about the same. And now, number 11, James Conrad. Outside of Worlds, he did not have a great DGPT tour. And Worlds is a PDGA event and not a P DGPT event. Um, we have the, uh, I think I have him 11th. Uh, last year, his only win was at Worlds. And like I said, that didn't even factor into the DGPT points. He did all right. He was kind of up and down all year. He would have, you know, a win. And then he, you know, he had that win at Worlds. And then he did not do well he'd finish in the 30s and then he'd finish in the teens and then he'd finish it was kind of all over the board and i think now that he's been with mvp for a year uh he's going to end up doing a little bit better to borrow a phrase from formula one i would say that he is the best of the rest where they say that for the fourth place finisher on the year i'm saying that for the 11th placed finisher for this year and that is my 11 through 20 MPO finishers here. Moving on to the FPO. Um, this is where I am admittedly a little weaker. Uh, it was harder to follow just because a lot of these women did not end up on coverage as much as some of the men that were further down on the list. So this is going to be my best stab at the top 11 through 20. FPO players. Uh, at number 20, I have Alexis Mondohuano. Um, last year, the first was the for first full year of touring, and it looks like she'll have another full year of touring again. Um, like many of the other women on this list, I bumped her down a couple, couple spots because of the anticipation of the European FPO players coming over this year. So, spoiler alert, some of these people. You might not think they're high enough on my list, but I also had to add in several women who did not have DGPT points here or did not have many DGPT points because they were not here all that much. Number 19, I have Kate uh, Kat Mersh. Uh, she has solid career so far, consistently in the top 20, had some top 10 finishes in the Silver Series. I think putting her at 19 is right about where she's going to end up. 
Again, some of this is all with caveats. Just remember that this is all DGPT points, not world rankings. I'm not messing with world rankings. I'm not talking about any of that. This is when we come to January 20. Well, really at the end of the when we have the DGPT um, after the playoffs, when those playoffs start, because that's when the points stop from what I understand. So because this year we have two playoff events and then we go into the DGPT tour finale, whatever their championship, whatever they're going to call that. Um, so this is again with that. So if you're mad that this does not match up close with their world rankings, that is why tour points are very different. Uh, number 18, I have Deanne Carey. Uh, she's also, she, she's in the same category. I put her in the same category as Mersh. Um, she has a solid, consistent game that seems to last year placed her generally within the five to 16th place in that range. Um, again, bumped her down a little bit. Notice she's 18th, but that is again, because of some European women coming over. We have Ellen Widboom at 17 and Juliana Corver at 16. I don't have great reasons for these, um, but that's just that was my gut reaction. Um, so it's because my gut said so. That's that's where we're at right there. Number 15, I have as own Scoggins. Uh, she did not do well at the Shelly Sharp Memorial this past weekend. Uh, she was 18 strokes behind Jen Allen and, for a third place finish. Um, and it wasn't that that um, field wasn't that deep. I'm. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Uh, hopefully she's just shaking off some rust. I hope with some of these, I'm wrong. I hope that some of these players end up much higher than they are. But um, that's kind of where I have own right there. Uh, number 14, Madison Walker. She played through an injury last year. Uh, I think she's going to bounce back at a few more tournaments. She's got a new sponsor this year. I think that's going to do well for her. I think that's just going to let her bump up just a little bit. Jessica Weiss, uh, she's going to get a bump out of the top 10 because of the European women coming over. Um, she's a solid player. I just think they're better. And that's just how this is going to go. Uh, I have Valerie Manahuano. Uh, I think she's going to jump up a few spots here in the 2021 season. Thanks to her new sponsorship. She is another DD player that uh, jumped over. Another one to add to the trilogy family. Barring any sort of crazy injury last year, uh, she had that uh, instant pot issue where she ended up burning her hand and had to miss a whole bunch of events because of that. I think she'll end up much better in the standings because she will not have. Hopefully she doesn't have any crazy injuries like that or any just generic injuries. Uh, finally, my number 11, my best of the rest of the FPO is Macy Valadez, formerly Macy Walker. I think I'm going to stop saying that because it's kind of getting old at this point. She got married over the summer, and I believe she already changed her name on the PDGA, so we're good. So Valadez is going to be touring a lot more this year. and She made waves in the DGPT events that she played in last year, and I fully expect that to continue this year. Um, she's also got a little more freedom. She re-upped with Dynamic Discs, she threw the discs there really well. She is not trying to plan a wedding. And any of you gentlemen out there or ladies who are married and have planned a wedding, you can understand how the bride, um, even my wife, who is very meticulous, was stressing out and had a lot to go and do while planning the wedding. And now that uh, Valadez does not have that to worry about, she's already married. She's all set. She's good to go. Her and her husband are happy, presumably. I mean, they got married, so, you know, really like each other. At the very least, they really, really like each other. Uh, so they, um, she doesn't have that looming over her head. She doesn't have to miss time because of the wedding. She doesn't have to miss time because of honeymoon or anything like that. So I think she will be touring a lot more. And I think we should expect big things out of her this year. And putting her at 11th is pretty good in my opinion. So that kind of does that. What do you think? Who do you have in your 11 through 20 for the MPO and FPO? That's what I got. You'll have to wait to see my uh, top 10 
for both men's for MPO and FPO mixed and female divisions and try to get better about that. It's not the men's division. It's the mixed division. Anyone can play in the mixed division where FPO females can play in the female pro open division. Which we talked about all that fun stuff earlier. Not going to rehash any of that. But uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, need me to clarify anything. Like I said, I uh, sometimes things make sense to me and I don't mean any harm by the way I say I don't mean any harm with the things I say. I just may not say them in the most eloquent fashion. So that's going to do it for this show today. I want to thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget to follow on Instagram, on Twitter, at Joe's Disc Golf. You can also hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, at Joe's Disc Golf. Find me on Facebook.com slash Joe's Disc Golf. You can leave a voice message and maybe hear it on here. Tell me how I'm an idiot. Tell me how what your top 10, top 20 are through a message, a voice message through anchor.fm slash Joe's Disc Golf. There should be a link in the podcast description down below. If you don't want to watch this on YouTube, you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Last FM. No, not Last FM. iHeartRadio. I don't know why I got those two mixed up. They're not even close. A whole bunch of different spots like that that you can go ahead and listen to the Joe's Disc Golf Podcast, the weekly podcast. I think that about does it. I think that's everything. Oh, don't forget to rate and review. Five stars is the correct amount of stars. It's actually the only amount that you can give because I think it's all like I think that's that's just what it defaults to is five stars for the Joe's Disc Golf Podcast. That's what it is. But uh, again, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. I can't wait to see you all in the next video, in the next podcast. I've been Joe. You've been awesome. Thank Treezus anytime you get a great tree kick. And if you get a less than favorable tree kick, then you should repent and reflect because you have transgressed against Treezus in some form or fashion. Thank you all, and I can't wait to see you all soon. <laughs>